Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up and welcome to the Mitchin. My name is Andrew Levins and this is a weekly food podcast that is, uh, I, I think at one point was recorded in Sydney, but I have not done an episode in Sydney in quite some time. Uh, I've, if this is the first episode you've been listening to, uh, for the last few weeks I've been on tour with the Venga Boys. Venga uh, Boys. <laughs> the most uh, you know, food-loving 90s dance act from Europe ever. Um, actually, I don't even know. I think I, I had my first meal with them at the airport today. Um, and <laughs> was it was, it ham? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was really, really bad. Um, you know, like just generic Asian food. At, 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 and so they do curry and Thai food and fried rice. Um, and and we, one of them ordered a butter chicken and we thought it looked like Donald Trump. Oh, nice. That's, cool. a, that's the political content for this, uh, for this episode. <laughs> so I've done, episodes, I've done episodes in, uh, in Tasmania, in Melbourne, in Adelaide. Um, and... Uh, for the last few weeks, um, I've been asking a controversial questions. We've been talking about craft beer, and I've been asking all of our guests to tell me where I should go to eat when I'm in Perth, because Perth has become, become somewhat of a, a long-running in-joke um, <laughs> on, on the Mitchin. I don't know how it happened, but uh, I'm, I, I apologize to our Perth listeners. Not, <laughs> no, not, you don't. I don't. No, <laughs> I'm, trying don't to, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, if you, you haven't heard the last few episodes, like, it's pretty <laughs> yeah, obvious. Yeah, I heard the last one. Oysters, <laughs> I heard. I was listening. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm in Perth right now. The last <laughs> the last day of the tour, the last tour, my last show with the Venga Boys is tonight. And uh, it's at Perth. And so while I was here, um, well, I mean, I guess I, was, I had always planned to do something. But before I even got to Perth, I got an email, everybody. I got a, I got the most heated, top three most heated um angry emails that we got to the uh, Mitchin email address, which is the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com. Please send us an angry email whenever you like. Um, this email came from Amy Hamilton, who runs a restaurant called Liberté in Albany. So not even Perth, but <laughs> she uh, actually, Amy's with me right now. We've got some other guests here later. Um, we've got, we've got uh, Fuck, I, I, completely, I asked you like what your official roles are, but I didn't actually ask how to pronounce your last name, which is... A Max, mess of- Max Feinheisen, uh, your state editor, Australian Gourmet Traveller, and Broadsheet. Yeah, I, I could have told him that, but all right, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I just wanted to make sure. I, I don't know how much you forgot. You know. <laughs> uh, and uh, third guest this week is uh, not someone that's directly linked to the food world, although... Oh, he's we got were, food chops. Yeah, he's got food chops. Oh, and, and one of the most, uh, you know shared videos about the Perth food scene of the year as well. He had a massive, massive role in. Uh, but I got him on because he's a good friend and is, if anyone 
was going to sway my uh, and, and and actually has done swayed my opinions re Perth. It is this devout Perth lover. His name is Ash Keo. Han. <laughs> uh, DJ Aslan. Uh, One time protege of you, kind of like okay, you know. I wouldn't be a DJ without you, so thank you. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't hate Perth without you. There you go. <laughs> like, I don't actually hate Perth, but let's, yeah. let's start up. You let's actually st- used to champion it I do long, champion. Like, that, that, a long time that's ago. That's why yeah. I do apologize, because I do love Perth, and I don't know why I've just allowed it to become a joke on the Mitch. No, because it always was with everyone else, and you had the unpopular opinion of saying Perth was cool, and that was your thing for a long time. Like, <laughs> I love Perth. Um, <laughs> There's a pavement song called I Love Perth. I know. You guys yeah, know I'm aware yeah. of that. Yeah. wasn't aware of that. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's kick off this episode, which is going to be all about Perth. Um, first of all, by saying that this is not a drunk episode, it is a drinking episode, so we'll be considerably more intelligent than the Adelaide episode, <laughs> and uh, apologies for that one. Uh, but let's kick off this episode with Amy's email, read by Amy, verbatim, and uh, I, think it's, I just think this is a perfect way to start the episode. All right, so this is my email. Hey guys, I'm a frequent listener of your podcast and I really enjoy listening to all the industry folks share their knowledge and experiences. I'd like to propose a question challenging your habit of frequently making the WA food scene the butt of your jokes. Whilst you continually don't seem to give a shit about losing your five WA listeners and will probably dismiss this email with another dismissive joke about how Perth sucks, I find it particularly lazy commentary considering some of you openly admit... Mitch or you have never even visited or if you have it was a long time ago as a fellow chef hospitality enthusiast and more importantly someone who is passionate about food its regional producers and particularly progression in regional dining I find this all a little disheartening and frankly a little bit piss weak (laughs) (laughs) where's the support and camaraderie within the industry Sure, the WA scene has been slower to evolve for obvious reasons such as tyranny of distance, etc. However, I think you'll find it's a different landscape today. Why don't you do a little research or even crazier, factor a trip to Perth in the near future and if you find it still sucks balls, then at least your jokes will have a little more merit. Perhaps you could hit up Gourmet Traveller's WA State Editor Max to give you the cliff notes on the current climate of the WA food scene. Perhaps Mike Benny, yes you Mike, could share his experiences or lack thereof after he visits in November and again in March. Why not do a live podcast from Gourmet Escape and interview some other WA food industry peeps that have managed to crawl out of their caves and attend the event or maybe just make another uneducated joke and do nothing at all. Regards, Amy. That's why we love Amy Hamilton, <laughs> a.k.a. Hammer, a.k.a. Ham. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, I just just so happened that a week after you sent that email, I was going to be in Perth anyway. Good timing. Uh, and uh, I wrote back to you immediately. I was like, what are you doing next Saturday? I have like a small window in the afternoon. Let's talk. Because like how much of that was you just wanting to give me shit back or oh, versus, versus no. how, how much you were actually emotional investment? Oh, but I, I mean like... I am re- very emotionally invested in the WA food scene. I mean, I'm completely passionate about it. And like, I think for me, it's like I, I love your podcast and I admire and respect, you know, the guys that are on there, like, sharing their views. But, you know, just week after week of, like, these, like, piss week jokes. Like, the thing is, I, I didn't even realise that it, that it was a, a regular thing. It yeah. Just, I, don't, I think it's because we do have quite a few Perth listeners who will always ask us questions about Perth. 
And it won't be like, what do you think of this specific thing in Perth? It'll be like, what do you think of Perth dining? What do you think of... Uh, yeah. And like, it's just... I think it's just a knee-jerk reaction to a, yeah. to a, to a broad question. Yeah, um, totally. But, but yeah. Why, why... why Like, so the last... The last, like, six episodes I've done... Um, not all of them have gone up yet, but um, uh, the last six episodes I've done, I've, I've asked all my guests... Where should I eat in Perth? And the, the, some people have been a little bit helpful, but for the most part, there is absolutely a complete lack of knowledge yep. of what's good over here. Yep. So at the very least, this episode is going to act as a guide to one, fucking kick my butt and, 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 and I'll, I won't, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll think about not giving Perth shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> Thanks, really yep. appreciate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, but also, just a guide to like, you know, it, it, there is, and, and everyone inevitably comes to Perth. Um, <laughs> what, forced to? Or? <laughs> it sound like it's like some sort of like punishment. It's no, like no, I mean, like you know, <laughs> I, it's it's not like I'm going to say you know, like I, I don't know. But, but, I mean, if, if you want to plan a trip to Perth, by all means, like this is this is a guide to what to eat when you're here. Exactly, and I think that was like one of my kind of motivations behind doing it as well, because I thought you know it's all cool to make jokes. I'm like I'm not some sour bitch that like <laughs> you know just wants to have a whinge and like you know just trolling you on like the email and I'm not going to like defend myself it's more about like really just like exposing what's going on because they're at you know yeah. the reality is there's some cool shit going on here so we should start with Amy's restaurant Liberté yeah um, so good which but- is in Albany um <laughs> I thought it'd be funny though if this episode finishes and I'm like, okay, I'll stop giving shit to Perth and then for the start rest, giving shit to Albany. Albany. <laughs> you <laughs> fucking wouldn't. <laughs> I was just in Albany last week and I was um, I ate, ate and drank at Liberté four days in a row, which is uh, and I had something different and delicious every time. And that's that's one of the you know when I look back in 2016, being able to eat and drink at Liberté four times in a row, uh, that's going to be one of my my uh, the good things I've done this year. It's, it is such a ridiculously good place to. You know, I tell everyone in Albany that they're so lucky to have it there. You know, Amy just cooks delicious food. Uh, you know, Asian, specifically Vietnamese, French, uh, really good wines, really good uh, cocktails. It's it's banging. You know, if it was in the middle of, you could drop it in the middle of, say, Paddington or um, you know, on Brunswick Street, and people wouldn't bat an eyelid. It, it's just so solid, so fun, so casual. It's you just managed to name the two worst areas of Sydney and Melbourne. But <laughs> oh well, you know, that, that's how trendy I am. Then. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paddington and uh, Brunswick are bad. Oh, kind of, kind of. <laughs> um, oh fuck! Now, 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 <laughs> yeah. have to, now I'm going to have to do coming a pad- to you soon. A Paddington and Brunswick special <laughs> on the Mitchin. <laughs> um, but so, what's the what's the what's the what do you guys set out to do with with Liberté? I know I know it's like a French bistro, but you well, do Vietnamese. The, the business was already kind of like established, like it started back in you know two thousand and seven or whatever, and you know it was already called Liberté, and it's in a, a heritage listed building, the London Hotel, and the owners that took you know took the business they made it into this opulent French kind of Parisian saloon bar thing, and I always loved it. Like I came over from Melbourne and basically thought oh thank god this is here and then when it came up for sale i just thought oh, why not and yeah so i kept the name but i've kind of it never did any did like had no food so obviously i'm a chef and yeah i thought i'd inject kind of like some food into it and yeah we just i just kind of went with this like kind of we explore the french influence in vietnamese but you know we don't take it seriously either it's just fun cool yeah what are some of the uh, like you know your main dishes Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Max, what are some of their main dishes? What did you order <laughs> over the four meals you had there? Uh, what was really good, the uh, kefir fried quail was outstanding. Yeah. That was really good. Uh, the sort of the 
Bun, I've had a really good Bun Sio type uh, remix there. Um, really good fur. Uh, what else was really good? Um, oh, your dim sum, like yo, the Vietnamese porridge was was excellent with the smoked oysters on there. Uh, yeah. uh, the sardine bun me on the yeah. um, at the uh, Great Southern sort of dinner with the winemakers. Um, the, it's one of those things you just look at the menu, you want to eat everything. You could go top to bottom, and the hit rate would be very very good. Like it's one of those places where ordering um, ordering food just puts the puts the it's weighted very very heavily in the diner's favour and you promised me that it's not the only good place to eat in Albany um, there's, there's due south as well you know, there's a charcuterie there uh, Marty he's he's a pig whisperer he does very very good things with, uh, with mm-hmm. pig parts uh, you know, the, their meat ageing program is spectacular and the price you sort of I had a um, 100 and 150 day aged um, <laughs> cell I think was crazy you know, it's, it's, it's like 50 bucks uh, on the menu as a special mm-hmm. with this uh, you know, hazelnut and uh, oyster sauce with like really good um, uh, potatoes uh, pot neuf and just really solid just sort of classic French uh, cooking straight up like you know, nothing tricked up about it. It's just you know, very good. Um, you know, they're sourcing very good beef and they've, uh, they're aging it themselves and just making deliciousness, you know. And it, this is a big, this is a pub that's kind of got 400 and uh, a space for about 450, 500 people. But they're milling their own flour. They've got a fisherman that catches their own squid, uh, leaves it for, comes back at 9 o'clock and brings it in. Um, you know, their fish and chips is, uh, their standard fish is King George Whiting. You know, it's... It's pretty extraordinary. You know, milling their own flour, just insane. Like, you know, who does that? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, for a place that has 500 people that you can go and watch the footy on a Friday night. This is know. in Albany. In Albany. And what's the population of Albany? I think, you know... Uh, 45? 45,000. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Still a town with, a, with no traffic lights or something. <laughs> 45. He's at 45. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I dine there all the time. <laughs> so the three of you have all lived in Perth or WA your whole lives? Yeah. Uh, my first four years were in Indonesia, but um, yeah, moved, lived in Mandra the first, uh, when we moved to Australia. But mm-hmm. yeah, most of my life in Western Australia. Yeah. I was born in Miami and uh, moved here shortly after. Pretty sure you know that. I don't know. Nice <laughs> and I was born in Perth, mm-hmm. but I actually lived somewhere called Kalgoorlie in yep. the goldfields till I was like 15 and then moved to Perth and uh, now I'm in Albany. And, and how long were you in Melbourne for? I uh, cooked there for like a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Any uh, any places you want to drop that you cooked at? Oh, uh, not really. The main one I cooked at was like um, it was it's called SOS, and it was by the Paul Mathis Group, and the head chef was Ricardo Memezo, who's an Italian chef. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was yeah where I spent my time. And so, what brought you back to Perth? Uh, well, I didn't go back to Perth. I went back to Al- I went to Albany from Melbourne. Sorry, my bad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was an accident, really. You and you and forty four others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like pretty much, you WA listeners. Um, no, I just I was driving back from Melbourne, and like my you know my partner at the time, his mum lived there, and so we literally dropped in just to say hi, and I never left. Wow. Yeah. And how quickly did you get into the food scene there? Well, I you know I was a chef already, but like um, oh pretty much instantly like cooking for me is a bit of a compulsion. So like I mm-hmm. couldn't like even though. I had two children and was doing two uni degrees at the same time. I just thought, oh, I'm going to cook as well. Sure. Yeah. What you can't hear on the podcast is we're just eating some food here at Billy H. Um, some deviled livers. They're pretty good, right? It's, it's this is great food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this is great. The sardines were real good, I thought. Billy And Billy H is a relatively new wine, yeah, place wine in, bar. Um, yeah, Claremont. Used to, this place used to be Asado. Just got a, a young head chef here. Um, Alia Glory. She used to be sous chef at El Publico. Um, where, you know, Sam Ward... Um, 
Yeah, probably, yeah, I don't think it's a stretch to say he was cooking the country's most exciting Mexican food. I think Dan it, Hong said that. Yeah, Dan yeah. Hong said that when yeah. he was here a few years back. Um, yeah, I, I know, you know, I, we, it's no coincidence we're here uh, doing this podcast. I think when we think about venues, it's like, oh, where can we sh- you know, show you that Perth's not this, um, this, this culinary backwater? You know? And, you know, this place is pretty casual. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. fun. You know, uh, you know, like I, I was saying, you know, Paddington and Brunswick, you know, insert cool, cool suburbs here. But this is somewhere you could drop uh, you know, east of the Nullarbor. And I think people would go, yeah, this is, this is rad. You know? mm. and I think th- these are the sorts of places that are, you know, that define where Perth dining is kind of going. You know, we're kind of casual and, and keeping it, um, you know, removing the stuffiness and mm. but still making it delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's like, should we address why maybe perhaps people don't know much about the Perth food dining scene, or why they immediately go, you know, oh, there's Rockpool, there's Long Chim, and that's it. Well, I mean, I think it's got a lot to do with like I don't know, like maybe just the the. I mean, all that kind of pub- all those publications that expose that are are over east, you know. Like, but now with the internet being the way it is, like, you know, there's a lot more access. So, you know, people are starting to realise. I think pe- more people are. You might not, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Max, um, how long have you been writing about the Perth, the, the Perth and WA dining scene for? I've been you know writing about food for about a decade. Um, I've been writing for Gourmet Traveller uh, for since about end of two thousand and nine, so six, yeah, about seven years. And I guess um, in my role with Gourmet Traveller, I'm pretty fortunate I get to eat around the country in a professional capacity. So you know, I think I've got a pretty good grasp of what's happening around Australia, and I probably spend more time than the average person looking at menus and just reading about food. And yeah, um, yeah, for, for, for a decent amount of time, you know. But I think um, you know a lot of the things that are happening around Australia that are making places great they're happening in Perth and, but we've also at the same time got these things that are distinctly Perth that are kind of uh, really interesting you know like you know, um, Ash here you know, he, he was a fixer when um, you know, Action, came, Action Bronson came to Perth to film some stuff and he showed him some really great stuff and I think even you know, Action Bronson was kind of going oh wow this is stuff that um, you know, no one kind of knows this stuff's out here in Perth mm. you know, and I do my best with, you know, with Gourmet Traveller um, and you know, my stuff I do for Qantas and Broadsheets sort of get that out there but it's um, you know, a lot of the national media, they probably don't have resources to cover Perth. I mean, I, you know, I'm not just saying this, but I think Gourmet Traveller since, uh, for as long as I can remember, they've always invested in having a West Australian editor out here. So, and they've, you know, and I don't think it's a coincidence that um, you know, Gourmet Traveller's kind of been a little bit... Uh, had their finger a little bit closer to the pulse, you know. Um, but compared to what? What else is there besides that? That's on well, that level? I guess, you know, things like the... There'd always be a chapter in the Sydney Morning Herald um, and the Age Good Food Guides about Perth, and which is which is great. You know, we're very grateful for that. But, you know, I think in terms of, like, the around-the-year uh, coverage, you know, GT was kind of the only one that would do that, you know. And I think for years when... Um, just the vibe I got talking to all the chefs here, when they'd see something West Australian gourmet travel, it'd be, you know, they'd be like, wow, this is really great. You know, they're kind of thankful that there's this national publication that's paying a lot of attention i think and that's definitely getting better now there's i think the other titles are um you know investing in resources in western australia but i think for the longest time you know gourmet traveler was kind of you know in spending the time doing that you know and keeping like a finger uh, um on uh, on the pulse of what's happening in perth and you've sort of seen that in some of the you know over the years we had like a Lots of Perth restaurants win awards, like Eminem in 2006. Uh, Ishmael, he won Best New Talent before he went across to Melbourne to open Gigi Baba. Um, Is that a problem? Like, you're good, the good chefs over here moving elsewhere? Oh, that, was like, that was the biggest thing with, with, with Ash as a DJ. 
he was like, you know, he, he was doing so well over here, and like, I, you know, obviously you want all your friends to live closer to you, but you knew that in in him moving, you would lose the the guy that would hook you up with everything when you were in Perth, and you <laughs> you would lose someone that's like, you know, pushing the same things that you like over here. Mm. Does that happen in the in the food scene too? Losing chefs and I don't yeah. think so. uh, most creative I, industries, it's a thing in Perth, the, think, the brain drain or whatever. Yeah, mm. I mean, I think so, but I mean, I, I think I've noticed that less actually as yeah. Perth establishes itself. I agree. More. Yeah, people are yeah. staying and they're saying, "Hey, I can build something Absolutely. here." Absolutely, because if all if everyone goes off over there, then like mm. there's not going to be progression here, and I think people need that. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, it's That's a very good. Confit leak, <laughs> pumps and anchovy sauce. I'm eating it with my fingers. Yeah. With, with, with the mic on the other hand. That's how we do it in Sydney, motherfuckers. <laughs> We're just showing off the cutlery. We don't, we don't normally... We had to import the cutlery. I'm not, yeah. I'm not wearing yeah. pants. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ash raised a really good point. Remember for years, I remember about 2006 to about 2010, all your mates, everyone... Had, you know, you'd, you'd go to Melbourne, you'd go to Sydney, or you'd just go to London. That'd mm-hmm. be the... That was it. Be whatever Berlin as well became yeah. another one. Oh, cool. A bit, yeah, la- yeah. bit later down the track, yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, you, once you sort of finished uni, you'd kind of... In, if you were West Australian, you'd kind of go interstate and and do something, or just leave Perth because you had to experience, you know, the world. I mean, it's I, a right I of passage, it. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. You know, yeah, I don't know. Not saying that's right or wrong, but it, I think now less people seem to be doing that. They just yeah. kind of know there's opportunities. Well, they'll go visit them, but not yeah. don't feel like they have to move away no. from Perth to have a career or whatever, yeah, which yeah, was totally. a thing. Totally, and a lot of people, and both in the food industry and in other creative fields, they've, you know, they made that possible. You know, mm. so there's been a lot of people uh, who've kind of. Forged things they, they've sacrificed stuff just to make that possible so um, you know, I think that's really kind of cool you brought up uh, Gourmet Traveller earlier mm-hmm. and um, a couple of months ago they released their 2017 Australian Restaurant Guide yeah. the podcast you had with Pat was excellent that was really really yep. good one of the best uh, Mitchin ones I reckon oh thanks so much didn't, I don't think there was any. Oh, were there any Perth insults? Oh yeah! In fact, he, he definitely gave a big one, didn't he? Uh, look, I've I've blanked that part of my mind out. I don't know. Uh, I was hoping you were going to like pull your sleeve up, and there were going to be like, like X marks every Perth joke sketched into your arm. Um, but off the top of your head, do you remember, can you tell me some of the restaurants that made it into the top one hundred from Western Australia? Yeah, I think there were six: uh, Amuse, uh, Rock Pool, uh, Co-op Dining, Long Chim, um, Lala Rook. And I think that was it. How I said, Rockpool, Amuse, Longshim. I think there was six. I think that's six or five. Five or six, yeah. But What's oh, co-op dining? What is that? Uh, it's a restaurant in East Perth. It used to be Old Cream. I don't know if you remember that okay. restaurant. Uh, Kyron Mainwaring, um, or Manwaring if, uh, for the Welsh listeners out there. He's right. a, um, he used to be at Dear Friends, and it's very kind of... Uh, Based, I mean, I don't like the word you know, produce driven, but I think it you know what he can sort of get his hands on really informs the cooking. You know, okay. it's um, you know it's t- a tasting menu only. It's one of the places which I think when if you're going to invest the time and money to do a tasting menu, this, that's one of the places you will do it. Um, you know, he just makes very delicious things um, out of you know out of very good produce, and cool. it's one of those places if you're a vegetarian, you'll you'll have a very very good time there. Now, the three of you guys are very different. Um, in your approach to restaurants, obviously Amy owns one, Max writes about them, and Ash is by far the more casual eater of the three. You could say that. (laughs) (laughs) Of those restaurants, how many of those have you been to, Ash? Um, Two, I think. Two Two of the five, yeah. 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 That's probably a similar ratio to the amount of of the restaurants that make the list that I've probably been to, Mm. maybe a few more in Sydney. But... Amy, how, how many of those would you say are like, you know, the quintessential restaurants that you should eat at when you come here? Um, oh, yeah, no, I think you should. And definitely, 
Yeah, but there's lots of you know other little far and in between so let's places about that those. have their own. Let's little talk about characters. this. Sell me on this wonderful, well, apparently wonderful. I think town. Max is like the, the guy to do that because he's <laughs> the one that goes to those little tiny places yeah. all the day. I mean, should we talk about the suburban Perth? Yeah, so I got I got off the train. I got off the plane today, and Ash came and got me. And uh, we went and we had some continental rolls, which is a a Perth thing. Uh, um, yeah. I didn't know that until Max brought it to my yeah. attention. Um, you know, everyone has their 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 city's version of a you know of a of a roll with human meats. A grinder, exactly. Like, yeah, it's definitely lacking. One of the things lacking in, in uh, on the east coast of Australia, like the, the, that deli culture of going to a deli and having a sandwich made for you. It's not as big there. It certainly used to be, but like you know, in, in Sydney especially, those independent delis. Run by old Italian families, there are less and less of them each year. Like, and I've asked a few friends, what do you guys go there if you want, like, what we call a continental roll here, which is like a, a you know a, a roll uh, with cold cold cuts in there. What do you guys do? You I guys mean, have something like that? It, you would you would go to a sandwich place that happened to do a sandwich that had those things on it, right. but not necessarily like you would go to a deli, point out the different cold cuts you want on there, point out the different pickles. You know, they're, they're, oh, that, that's yeah. such a great way to eat. You don't no. have that. I mean, we, we kind of do, but but not in it. Like it, it's almost a culture over mm. here where you. It go has out. a name. The fact it's yeah. called a continental roll. I wasn't aware that was a Perth only thing until Max did well, no, this SBS article. And you came out one time, and you were like, "Where do you get continental rolls mm. here?" I was like, "What the fuck are you mm. talking about?" <laughs> That's the same thing I, how I found out about it. It's like, yeah, well, I want to get a continental I, roll. And in Sydney, they're going, "What the fuck?" I just oh. assumed it's an Australian immigrant experience. So Italians came to Australia and they bought that with them, and I assumed it was everywhere, but it. But it seems not. Yeah. Do you know the uh, the restore hack in um, Leaderville? If you go there and it's not too busy, you can get them to you can specify the actual meat you want, and they'll charge the meat price. So if you are wow. particularly okay. you know flush, you can get like you know very 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 expensive like how much pay, uh, pay order yep. at two hundred and seventy kilo, and just they'll you have to do like hundred grams minimum, and they'll just shave it to order into your roll. Amazing. So you can yeah. like have a very very expensive sandwich. I'm that. taking Lev there next time for comparative purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Wait, we'll get yeah. a different Conti every time he's tell, in Perth. Tell me. What a continental roll is, um, like the, the, uh, the, the standard flag bearer one. Yeah. I'd say two or three cuts of meat, mortadella, salami, maybe another one. Copper. Um, it depends. Like I, uh, in the story I wrote for SBS, I actually list. I spoke to all the places. What are your standard meats? And it varies from place to place. Yep. Um, yeah. And then cheese is pretty essential, I think. And then some type of pickle. Is the Melazani is probably yeah, the most Melzani used to be that was the um, one at Dakera. Uh, they used to make it themselves until two thousand eight when um, quote unquote uh, mining uh, wages made it too right. uh, too expensive for them to do it. So right. you know, Tom used to pay these old Italian people to make uh, you know eggplant pickles like three times a year based on the three guts we get in all the different growing regions. But then he said they he just couldn't afford to pay like six people twenty bucks an hour um, to make these things but they've still got the old wine press out the back that used to press out the pickles so well. it's um, yeah that's all these little stories that you know and you know I'm not sure if you know the, the media's always done a good job of digging for these stories there's these really mm-hmm. amazing stories out there and I love when I'm talking to someone and I hear this uh, a crazy thing I, I didn't know um, you know like you know there's, there's this guy making his own pickles, um, and he, he, you know, they bake their own bread at Tichiera as well, which is insane. So that's where we went for he lunch today, right? He was on the. Yes, we went to Tichiera today. And, uh, and Ash put together, helped put together um, an episode of Fuck That's Delicious, which is the Vice um, television Some show. Some of the best food TV in Perth. Yo, Feature- Ash was yeah, made yeah, it so featuring sick. featuring Action Bronson. The rapper, um, and he basically goes around and is just fat and obnoxious in different parts of the world. And someone does all the hard work and sends him all the good places to, for, to eat. And Ash was the person who did all the hard work on that episode. Basically, found some. It was like a very unique 
take on Perth and certainly it's one that, that, yeah, like, you know, so Continental Rolls are featured. You took them to, what's, what's the name of the deli? Dichiera. Dichiera. Yes. But it was kind of 50-50 between Restore and Dichiera, which was, which is kind of the rival, I think. Yeah, Most I people think are so. one or the other. Yep. I, I love both of them. Yes, well, no, so some people have a preference. Both, there there, there used to be a, um, a brilliant, I think it was a Food Network show called um, Food Wars. And, uh, this was a concept in the episode. We were potentially going to have him taste test both of them, but it, it was it was it was it was pretty hammy. But mm. basically, a girl and her film crew would go to different parts of America, like the place where, like you know, buffalo wings were were first created, or like um, the Juicy Lucy, which is the the cheeseburger with the cheese built into the meat. Um, and we find the two most popular places that offer these regional regional delicacies, and then kind of would have them actually battle it out do a blind taste test with like local celebrities to decide which did the better of of all yeah and it was like, it was a really fun fun show and great a great thing to watch to uh, get get excited about eating junk food in Did you ever see the but Dutch cooking show uh, the Japanese uh, uh, it's a similar thing they kind of to choose two Japanese dishes and then they'd sort of get um, you know two very good chefs to cook it and they'd have but then, and at the end, they'd have this panel of nine, and they'd have to vote for which one they liked better. But because there was nine, right, there'd be five. You know, there could never be a draw. So the, the winners got to eat a very good version of the dish, while the losers were forced to watch the winners <laughs> eat a very good version of this dish. It's worth looking up. It's uh, yeah, outstanding Japanese food TV. So, <laughs> so, so, so food wars. I, and I love, I love seeing that. You know, the history of places and and the followers that they've developed that, that they've de- that they've earned over the years that they've been open. And, and th- these delis have been open since the forties. The forties, I think, probably. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Dakaras since nineteen fifty five, okay. I think, and the Restore nineteen twenty three. That's the, just wow. Top of my head. The Northbridge one. Yeah, yep. yeah. There's and you know talking to these. You know, I've wanted to sit down with these guys to get their oral history from their families. You know, um, I spoke to Tom's dad who opened it, and he, you know, he, he's, you know, he's kind of, you know, his memories not all there, but just, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for the time I get to spend with these guys mm-hmm. and pitch and patch together this, this history of uh, what it was like in in Perth before, like you know. Uh, it, Migrant food in Perth is uh, the history of migrant food in Perth is something I've been a long term project I've been doing for a while. And so talking to these old Italian and Chinese families is really, really interesting. Is that culture? I think it is. (laughs) We don't do culture on the (laughs) (laughs) menu. So you had that that the sandwich uh, shop was featured, and not only did you kind of show off what they do day to day, you also let Action Bronson make his own. Version of a it just happens so organically, and I should probably put this on the record now that Mayhem Loren actually deserves the credit. He's the one that pointed out the octopus. Who's Mayhem uh, Loren? He's uh, Action's offsider. His hype oh, man. Okay, he's a childhood friend yep. who also raps, and he brings him along with him. Yep. Um, it was only those two for the Australian tour. Normally, Alchemist and Big Body Bess are also there, but Alchemist was touring with maybe Eminem, and uh, Big Body Bess couldn't get him because of criminal charges or something. <laughs> so it was just those two. And um, Mayhem Loren points out the octopus. You, you can see it in the episode, and they kind of show it. It happens quite organically, the way this sandwich comes about. So what, um, what, what, and they end up calling it the Bronson Continental. You can get it at the deli now. Yes, we... Brontonental? Yeah, I oh. was pushing Brontonental. I wanted that, but um, That's uh, Tom was big on Bronson Continental because it had connotations of a car, I think, like okay. Lincoln Continental. <laughs> yep, yep. And like, there's, there's a bit of a car theme in that episode also. Um, Tom owns six different Cadillacs. and Tom's one of the owners of the deli. That's right. And when we were sort of, when it was uh, a bit of a competition between Restore and uh, Dichiera as to who was going to feature in the episode, Tom kind of threw the caddies in the mix and said, look, you can have access to my Cadillacs for filming. Kind of swung it that way a little bit. Also, I think it was a I little more videogenic. Automobiles, exactly. Like, yes. <laughs> um, and so, what else did you feature in the episode? 
Uh, we had um, Yoda. Yoda, Yoda Legend. doing some foraging, um, and also um, the F word. <laughs> yes. Um, what's his? Well, and, um, for Favor as well, I suppose that's, yeah. that's Yoda's thing. Yeah, yeah. And Vince, Vince from Mondo's yeah. also. So it ended up being a bit of an Italian immigrant. Mon- yeah, so Mondo's is like a, is another classic um, Perth butcher. Yeah, it's, it's probably yeah, the best butcher in, in Perth. Yeah, one. Yeah, them and Torre. I think. But yep. it, it's, it's. I think it's one of the butchers. You know, I mean, he does stuff in Neil Perry. He was really instrumental in bringing White Rock's veal to the national stage. Um, also, yep. the only butcher in Australia that does horse, or maybe there's two. He of them. He was the very first to do horse. I remember when it started in 20, 2010, He was getting death threats yep. from all these people Fuck. about. Uh, you know, um, yeah, having horse in the menu, which was you know, you can't think there's all these cultures, but I mean, Vince is that sort of guy. He just does that sort of uh, thing, and he's, he's he doesn't he's need to do it. He doesn't mm. get money off it. He does it because there's people that need to eat it, or there's people that like to eat it. Yeah, there's right about right 25 right. different nationalities that it's a regular thing. Yeah, for the them. Japanese, it's mm. a massive thing uh, for the Japanese, and the French, obviously, Cheval Um So many people. Yeah, it's it's just part of the you know, the culture. I mean, it might not be part of the Australian culture, but I mean, that's the sort of stuff that. Vince did, and you know, there's another West Australian kind of pushing the boat out, you know. Mm. And you kind of think in, in Albany, there's a lot of like re- really great stuff happening produce wise. There's just so much, um, you know, stuff that's happening. Um, yeah, I think for a while, like Gay Cavella, I mean, she's uh, when she was up in the hills, her goat's cheese was like an Australian benchmark. You know, she's mm. since sold her herd to someone down in Albany, Ringwald, and they're making really good goat's sort of um, cheese as well. And there's all these great stories here in, in Western Australia that. Um, that kind of make this state. We're great. just this little unassuming lot that just go ahead and do what we do. <laughs> All right, so I've got I've got I've got a weekend in WA, right? I land. Do I get off the Do I get off the plane? Go to a deli, get a continental roll. First thing. I think that's a very. You very just good did plan. that, and okay. you can vouch for that. That was great. Yeah. yeah. Then I come here to uh, to Billy H for some wines. Yeah. I'd probably go out to. I don't know. I might go out to Girraween and get some bun mi. You know, some that uh, was Vietnamese we nearly thing. did that in two the episode. sandwiches in yeah. one day. Oh what. <laughs> Well, there's minimum. some soups, noodles. Like, yeah, get yeah. some fast stuff like yeah. that, you know. Um, so, th- 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 as you were saying, that that's you know the comparison point to like Cabramatta in Sydney. I was I was pushing Giroin to the producers, but they were like, "No, Dan Hong's taking him to Cabramatta in Sydney. Play, that part's covered." Yeah. But, um, in my of- idea. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your Perth thing you guys that would know that in the... whenever anyone says Dan Hong on the mission, he gets a dollar. So I, I have to pay him. Dan Hong, okay. Dan Hong, Dan Hong, Dan Hong, Dan Hong. Come on. <laughs> I fucking hate Perth. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do I go for dinner? What's what? What do you think? The like, first line in Perth. Where where, where where do I go to be impressed and to kind of learn? I know what, where. I'd where where would you go? Gonna, I'd probably go to Lula Lula Delizia, Joel Valvasori Perez's. Yeah, new that's the, the new one, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So he used to be at La La Rook, you know, And the thing with Joel's point of difference, and I know there's lots of great Italian chefs all around the country, you know. Um, but Joel's uh, point of difference is he's cooking the food from Friuli, which is like in northeastern um, Italy, and it has as much to do with you know, quote unquote Italy as it does sort of the uh, Friuli, which is this. Um, and I guess all those Slavic uh, areas. So the food's very mountainous. It's very grunty. It's not that kind of that southern Italian, that fresh, that vibrant seafood base thing. It's kind of gutsy. It's punchy. There's lots of big bold flavors. And um, mm. you know, and I can't think of you know other. There's lots of people that do regional food around the country, like you know, Giovanni Pilu does sort of Sardinian food. Mm. You know, Guy Grossi is very interested in sort of the food of you know, Milan. But yeah, Joel's kind of doing this this take on things. Every time I go there, I'm I'm learning stuff off him. You know, and this is stuff he's digging in his own culture and he, um, and sort of sharing it with us. So this is Italian food that I don't think is you can find anywhere else in Australia. You know, and he's he basically. One of the things went for moving from La Rook, a big place, to Lulu Delizia, which is smaller, was so he could focus on pasta. You know, he almost said it was almost like that ramen bar thing where you're just making one thing. I mean, he makes other things as well, but by moving to a smaller establishment, he can really focus on pasta. You know, and I, I've loved his pasta at La Rook, but since he's moved to Lulu Delizia, I think the pasta's you know, possibly gone even better. And he's doing really interesting things like bigoli, um, smoke uh, gargeli, um, I said that wrong. Um, a whole lot of different, um, just really unusual passes that that you just don't see anywhere. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd say go there. You should go there tonight if the Venga Boys are interested. Fucking you know. Venga Boys, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then breakfast the next morning. Breakfast the next morning. You know, I'd get some dim sum. I know I really like dim sum. I reckon um, I Harvest a- Vic Park actually. Oh yep, yep. They're just on another level. What's, what kind of food's that? How would you describe it? They're experimental. Um, it's kind of cafe food. Just tri- um, tricked up, not no, but but it's just kind really of really forward the thinking. Out. Really fucking forward yeah. thinking and fo- super photogenic. But like yeah. their, their, presen- their presentation <laughs> is amazing. Like yeah. it's too beautiful to eat. Often I, I have to kind of. Just what's, what are you, what's your go to dish when you go? Well, there? it's a seasonal thing, and they have four four new things every three months, and they never repeat them. So what was the this tea cake? This um, orange. Orange tea, a mandarin steamed cake thing, I think, was one of the best things I've ever done. Okay, right, right. Um, yeah, there's always a really interesting sweet thing, sweet option there. Okay. Um, I had uh, sweet bread for breakfast last time I went there. It was like, but it was done in like a popcorn chicken style way with, with other crazy stuff, so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But um, on a dim sum level, though, yeah, I've, I've actually have had very good dim sum over here. Yeah, it's there's, um, it's like dim sum in a lot of places. It's, I don't think there's a place where a mythical place where you're going to get like everything steamed, fried desserts where everything's good. You sort of have to choose what you want. But you know, you go to dip, you know, ideally you go to like Northbridge Chinese Lufuk for very good porridge, and then you'll go to um, if you want fried stuff, you probably go around the corner to um, New Moon. 
Um, then if you want desserts, you maybe go to Dragon Palace and get their uh, pineapple buns. Or you go back to Northbridge Chinese and get, get their... Um, get their Luxiao Pao, their salted egg yolk custard, which is insane. And then you somewhere you'd probably want to go to Fortune 5 and get all their handmade dumplings. Now, I mean, you know, the Xiaolong Pao that's in Perth isn't great. It's all made at a factory. It's all the frozen stuff. But um, but there's really good Hakao. There's some really, you know, interesting things around here. You know? So, yeah, how is Perth Chinatown? I've been there a few times. I mean, I've been there with you, Ash, years ago and we had... Mar- we had the 24-hour flow spot before yeah. the oh, radio show. Oh, yeah. yeah, pretty good for, for That's sure. great, yeah. Um, but you, you, you took it. me out to some place like a Marmite chicken. Oh, uh, yeah, Hawkers, I did. Hawkers, Hawkers yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, Hawkers is good. It's uh, I don't. It's funny. I don't love it as much as much other friends do. They they give me a hard time because I don't love it like the same way they do. I think it's it's maybe it's a shortcoming on my part. We all can't you know we all can't agree on the same stuff. But it's it's a solid place. But I honestly think Perth's got some of the best Southeast Asian food um, in Australia. Only because we're you know one of the prime reasons we've we're the first major port. Yeah. we're closest to Southeast Asia. I mean, there's mm-hmm. Darwin as well, and you know obviously Darwin has very good Southeast Asian. Mm. Food so where well. yeah, where would you recommend like for Malaysian for um, there's all these little places like Sarawak Hawk uh, Cuisine out mm. in Willerton. You know, this is a place that focuses just on Sarawakian food. So they do the Kolo Mi. They'll do like a Sarawak-style laksa, which is a little bit lamak, which is a little bit Assam. Um, and you've kind of got these really, you know, interesting regional things. For, for the longest time, like my mum was my, you know, my Chinese food detective. If she was talking about stuff, or I'd always run, past stuff, uh, run stuff past her and say, Mum, what's this mean? What's this? Or I'd show her some Chinese characters and say, is this the correct translation? And she'd school me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I feel like yeah, I feel like it, that that would be a really great thing to to be kind of more out there is like that, that yeah. Perth is known for that because I feel like like Sydney's biggest chip on its shoulder just comes from how fucking good Chinatown is, how good the Thai food is in Sydney, how like you know you can eat Thai food in Sydney and it will be as good as the food you eat in Thailand. Totally agree. Um, totally agree. And Chinese as well, um, but things like Indonesian food, Malaysian food, yeah. we've got some okay stuff, but. Mamak, which is obviously you know, sure, very good but it product. sounds like what you're talking about sounds a bit better than Mamak. Yeah, I mean, when Farhan Adri was here a couple of years ago, I sent him to um, uh, Mum Dumpling House, northeastern Chinese stuff, which is mainly Chinese. Obviously, Sydney does that well. And he came back the next day raving about it, saying how good it was. And he didn't have to say that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's places I'll just send people. There's, there's an address, you know, you got there's a sort of place that you go just for one or two dishes, but there'll be very, very good versions mm. of that dish. You know, we've got some, a few places, uh, there used to be Susie's Prada House in Morley. They do very good, like, you know, roti, um, you know, Singaporean, uh, Indian-style uh, flatbreads. Um, uh, Ash, I, I always refer to myself as the everyman when we talk to too many chefs. Right. Um, and, like, I'll, like, be the one explaining who people are, what dishes are, etc. I feel like you're the everyman this episode. Okay. So I would I'll love to that. hear how many of these restaurants that Max is talking about. A lot someone of them to your, have, I've have, heard and through him, following him on social yeah. media. And yeah. he's always unearthing these suburban gems, which is my favorite stuff. And I haven't necessarily been to all of them, but I'm very aware of them. And, um, mm. yeah. 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 Um, especially Girawin, obviously, and... Yeah, there's a few other hot, hot spots though. Because um. I, I had like my, my, my theory as to why Perth is an easy target. Mm. Is yep. like, you know, <laughs> as you get older, you realise, you know, you, like, like, it's the easiest things to make fun of are the widest things. And Perth has, is renowned as being a very, you know, in, in the news, it's all about miners and it's, you know, and it's beaches and... Cashed it, up bogans. Exactly. Mm. And so like, I think that makes Perth an unfair easy target that you don't have any guilt when you make a Perth joke because you're essentially just making fun of white people mm. <laughs> yeah. so I think I think learning that there are so much multiculturalism yes exactly yeah. and, I, and I feel like that, that maybe you know maybe that's a 
a, a just a general kind of problem that, that, that all of Australia has. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is. I, I, even though I've eaten Malaysian food here, I've, I've eaten heaps of Chinese food here as well. Like, I, I ne- it's never the first thing that I think of when I think about eating, eating in Perth. Yeah. Well, that's because people like you just keep making these like pedestrian jokes and repeating yourself so no one else knows like I, I've, I've been pre- I've been pretty good I'm, I, don't, I don't think I make the most maybe I do fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good point though that yeah. that side is so overlooked we're just as multicultural as everywhere else people yeah. do look at Sydney and Melbourne and you see the, the Greek and Lebanese communities and these these different things we've got we're more central in the in the, when the, in the you know big scheme of things where mm. Perth is to the rest of the world than mm. you know Anywhere else, really. That's a good point. I didn't think of yeah. that either. Six, like, we share the same time zone as 60% of, like, the rest of the world. Like, we actually are more central mm. and more, cl- you know, we're closer. It's like that whole Jake, uh, Jonathan Gold thing, you know. People were saying Jonathan Gold, he uh, report, he knows the food stuff, the, the, the migration patterns before the, um, I don't know who the American people are that, that track that before they do because he's writing about it. And I think right now in Perth, we're in the middle of a really interesting, we've got like, so much more African influence mm-hmm. coming through and that's something I'm trying to teach myself about. You know, I'm just trying to go to these African places, put myself in, you know, in proverbial harm's way and just order things. And you know, mm-hmm. I remember one time in uh, some place in Flinders Street, which is which, which half like a prayer room, half a, um, seemed like it was a dispatch centre for taxi drivers and half a Restaurant. Was that in Vic Park? No, that, you might be thinking about Eshays. This is a place okay. in Flinders Street. Didn't even. There was have a place it. called Eshays. E C H Y E S. It's an Eritrean food. Oh right, yeah, yeah cool. it's really interesting. The, through going that I place. thought it was like a lad lad cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's uh, <laughs> this is a place. Where I, you know, I'll just for myself. And you know, I, I share a lot of my stuff on social media, but I don't share stuff that's not good. And a lot of meals that I eat that aren't noteworthy, I just won't share. There's no point, you know. I mean, and I think people. I'd r- I only want to share places that are kind of good, but all those places that you go that aren't, you know, they're probably less than exciting. But there's something you'll learn there. You, you know, if you yeah. have like a bad version of, say, uh, some sort of like Ethiopian curry with like a bad injera, you kind of know when you have a good one, you kind of know, ah, this is what a good one's supposed to be like. This is mm. what the texture's like. This is what mm. that fermented taste is. Mm. And I think that's the only way you kind of get to know these things without actually going to these places. You just beat yeah. the pavement and eat all this. Yeah. But that's your thing. Like you, like, you seek out that gritty diversity that, like, you know, probably doesn't get covered on that, you know. Yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah. and I think Perth, another big thing to do with it is that Perth doesn't have anywhere near the amount of food-based media no, that, well, yeah. that the rest of the country does. Uh, of course. Like, you know, I used to be the editor of 2000 in Sydney, which used, um, was... I did a, not know that. Yeah, mm. um, uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, was like a, a, you know, a pretty... Like, it's it's a few rungs below broadsheet in terms of reach, but I think it's an imp- it, it's a very important voice. It's a very good young voice. voice. Yeah. They cover food stuff. Perth was really good. I and loved it. When Danny was some, running it, yeah, I, Dan I Dan thought Martin, it was yeah, yeah. fantastic. Marsland, yep. Yeah, yeah they had um, some really, really... Ryan Sandlin did a really good job too. Yep. But so it was like... it's basically the thousands for for what five major cities in in, in, in Australia. It started out as three thousand in Melbourne. They made then they did two thousand. They did four thousand, five thousand, six thousand for you know Perth, Brisbane, Adelaide, etc. Um, it's now I think it's only just uh, Melbourne and Sydney that no, have thousands. I think thousands still a Perth one. I think, but I don't think they have. I don't think they have like an actual Perth based. No, you're right. Anymore. Actually, yeah, it's just um, But. Uh, you know, oh, which, which is a shame. But so, how long has, has Broadsheet been operating over here? Operating uh, almost over here? a year. Mm. Almost a year. Yep. Were you brought in straight away? Um, I started in November, maybe in November around a year. That's a year ago, I suppose. Um, yeah, they, they'd started before that in about June. Um, yeah, but we've been 
yeah, we've just sort of had a presence here since for about maybe 15 months. Mm-hmm. Um, are there particular publications or websites or people that people that want to see a nice slice of, of, of Perth food should follow besides um, yourself? Self, we'll so. Max's Instagram. Yeah, Max's Instagram. <laughs> uh, what is your Instagram account? Uh, after by my name, Max Feinheisen, you know, I guess one of those things you've got like a, one of those tough names that's hard to spell. I should have like... You know, Max Smith or something like that. <laughs> Don't whitewash your Instagram account. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's lots of this. That's, that's, there's lots of cool thing stuff like that. <laughs> so Perth. I, you know, that's the thing. I, if I want to know about certain things, I know there's people in Perth I go to. You know, my friend Matt uh, from Mart- uh, Marce- uh, Marcella's um, Empanadas. You know, if I want to know something about um, Colombian food, that's Colombian with an O. You know, I can sort of uh, speak to him about it. And... That's My mum's Colombian, oh, FYI. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome, awesome. Have so you been to La Playa in Subiaco? No, not yet, not yet. Really good. Legit, yeah, awesome, awesome. That's the thing, there's all these little um, things happening around Perth. It, it, the trouble is a lot of the mainstream media has tended to focus on... Um, the glossy you know, stuff. On the glossy stuff. You know, yeah. There's really good... You know, and I'm not saying that that stuff's not, not worthwhile, but sometimes... Um, you know, and I want to say this and be respectful, but there's... I think sometimes you know the the food media doesn't keep up with how advanced the chefs or restaurateurs are. You know, there's there people in the past have had a habit of celebrating things that are kind of not as exciting. You know, hello freak shakes and um, yeah, fuck and I, freak shakes. Yeah, so you, you wrote a, you you were on a radio program recently talking about how shit freak shakes are. Yeah, freak shakes you know, are I think the, that lazy. Like it's always made with like fucking chocolate syrup and and basic milk, and yep. then they just shove a fucking donut, three crispy some Nutella, a Freddo frog still in its wrapper. Um, <laughs> like I, I don't understand. There's one right around the corner from my it's, house now. It's it's not freak burgers are dumb too but no nothing no there is no worse food trend than freak shakes i'm waiting for someone uh, to you know make like a freak shake and mount like a small like you know a second hand like a toyota echo in there or something you know? <laughs> <laughs> i just tried to sell it like you know, 1600 ono or something i don't know but that that's edition yeah and that, you know it's i don't you know instagram is important and you know i'm not but it's also the, that's also its downfall as well. Mm. These things look impressive and like you know, oh, let's Instagram it. People uh, are going there, paying twenty dollars for the milkshake just just for Instagram. to Instagram. They it. know they're not going to oh. eat it. They do just want the likes. Yeah. Um, but I got to say, I've had some a couple of freak burgers recently. Uh, you would define them as freak burgers, but they were excellent. Um, the hood burger ones. Any, the hood any, burger any did burger a barmy one that has more than two patties of meat on okay it. yeah that's mm. that to me is just like you, you're not going to get a good balance of you know all the things that make a burger great you know they're like the, the the balance of the acid from the ketchup and the creaminess from the cheese you need those things to cut through the of the sourness of the pickles otherwise it's just this big fucking mound of fat and salt yeah but and it's impractical as well I don't care. Yeah. The it's impossible to them. eat <laughs> yeah i mean you're getting your entire day's rdi of like your well, weeks <laughs> yeah weeks of and it's just, I just think they're irresponsible and, and kind of lazy, you know. Mm. That's me. And, and, you know, every time someone's posting a shot of a freak, a freak shake, freak bag or whatever, you're kind of ignoring the all the good stuff that's happening around, you know. Mm. I, I mean, everyone eats how they want. But I just yeah. kind of... And, that, and then, look, these, these things aren't specifically Perth. These exactly. things are fucking everywhere exactly. now. Not even specifically Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe the dumbass milkshakes are. 
<laughs> but there, there's lots of good people who beat the pavement here. Um, you know, my friend uh, Tina Lesnow, you know, she's um, Tina the Hungry Food Llama, I think. But she's a really good Asian food detective that goes out. And I've found some really good things through her. She was the first person, I think, that... Uh, and whenever I get a food tip off someone, I'll always shout them out. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. You know, people that steal food intel from someone and claim it as their own, not the worst. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a really bad person. If you bad do man. Yeah. Max is on to you. Yeah, and I know that when that <laughs> stuff happens, you know. It's like... Yeah. But it's just... But, you know, if, but Tina, she's found some really good stuff. She uh, hit me onto New Loan in Girawin, and I didn't know that they, um, you know, this is this place that's on the outside. They've got pictures of children's cakes and that, yep. but inside they do really it's good stuff. It's funding. the number one, would you say? Do you think it's the best? That and BMT, but I think okay. New Loan, just I think that it's, it's just a taste. They, they do this thing where they add something which is kind of mm. like crumbled chicken skin mm. to it, like sort of chicken floss. And they, um, they don't use fish sauce. They use soy sauce that's uh, in a little spray bottle in there. And just you spend mm. time there looking at them while through the glass while they're making things. You just learn things. Plus the sugar cane juice as well. And the sugar uh, cane. She, yeah, that's from her own. Uh, that's the rate? one with BMT, yes. I, t- I took you to the best sugar cane juice in Sydney, the Cabramatta one where they put oh, kumquats through been, it. Yeah, right. yeah, we had that in Northbridge years ago, Did the old the sugar cane with the kumquats. Oh, okay, yeah. so that's, important. that's an important thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, I'm not, that's, it's not a fucking Sydney thing. It's a, it's a Vietnamese thing. Yeah, well, don't claim it then, mate. This thing is, you know, this lady, uh, at BMT, she has her own farm out near Midland, where she, mm. yeah, she grows her own sugarcane. And mm. she, I was just asking about where do you get the sugarcane from, and she tells me in broken English, "Oh, I, I grow myself. It's like the most normal thing in the world." And I'm just standing up, my jaw off the ground, going, <laughs> "What are you doing?" Like, that's, it's and that's the thing. All these people, and a lot of these people, they've got no idea, kind of about the, the for want of a marketability of what they're doing. They just kind of do it because they think. Well, this is how, of course, this is how you do it. You know, yeah. it's like you kind of think everyone. Most of those BMT places, they make their own cold cuts. You know, they all make their own. Ch- well, they're, they're not influenced by like marketing hype or trends, and that's yeah. like the beauty of it. Yeah, like, they just go unnoticed, and you know. Yeah. And they've got their sons and daughters there working yeah. <laughs> for minimum wage, and the yeah. sons complain to me about it. It's awesome. Like, oh, you know, I have to work with mom. It's not very fun. <laughs> I want to go like you know, hang on with my friends at the fair. You know. <laughs> I mean, this isn't a distinctly Perth thing, but I'm just saying this. You know, that Perth, we have these. These things, you know, and I do my best to you know cover it in what I do. And there's a lot of like you know food bloggers out there and sort of social media people that do it. Um, you know, maybe has the mainstream media missed out? Missed this? Maybe they have. You know, there's um, a lot of for a, the longest time in Sydney. I'm sure was this as well. Um, food writing was only a certain kind of food. You had to be a restaurant which had maybe tablecloths, or you had to be you know at a certain price point. And mm. one of the great things, a lot of people, I think, you know, and Dan Hong, there's another Dolly Ohm, like oh, a handheld <laughs> do. Uh, yeah, it was kind of make, uh, I think, what, what did GT say? He um, bridged that gap between the food court and fine dining. You know, mm. and all of a sudden it's okay to talk about like um, hamburgers, hot dogs, bowls of noodles, like dim sum. Well, even um, like, you know, more casual dining, like totally. the place we're at right now, you know, it's a, mm. it's a wine bar with, you know, you could call them very fancy snacks. Yep. But it's not, you know, it's not the full fine dining service, which yep. I think is what... Unfortunately, the small amount of budget that allows people to cover Perth will focus on. Yeah, exactly. Um, Some of the national interest. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, like Sydney's excelling at that kind of higher higher end casual stuff. That's like, you know, kind of what what our forte is at the moment, you know. And pretty much every chef that's on the mission that's based in Sydney runs at one of those restaurants that, you know, is somewhere between casual and fine dining. Um, and we, we were talking to Banjo um, uh, Harris Plain from um, Bar Liberty, from Bar Liberty um, not, li- not Liberté, not to be confused. Um, <laughs> no. But uh, we, and he was saying, he was even saying, he's, he's someone that's moved from Sydney to Melbourne, but he was, he's even saying that, yeah, that's, that you know, not to bring up the Sydney versus Melbourne thing, but that is a thing that Sydney does exceptionally well. And I think when Sydney chefs 
say that a place sucks is because that they've not been to something that hits that place between casual and fine dining. I think I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, that's not me saying that there isn't them. I'm, I'm just yeah, saying yeah, that, yeah. like you know, that then it's. I guess it's all in a, 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 they're not following the right people that are talking about. Yeah, exactly. Because I think dining. like yeah. in that way you'd be surprised because I think we've always kind of hit that mark of pretty like cash dining. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but look, totally. so look, at the very least, um, I do know that there are a lot of places I need to try yeah. before I make fun of Perth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not going to. Yeah, But here we go. Here's, here's a good question. If not Perth, then where no, can I make fun of? I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be this one person because then I no. Canberra's an easy bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a really good time in Canberra a couple of weeks back. God yeah. Damn it, Perth. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I know. Well, look, this is, you know, every time someone comes to Perth I, and they, they reach out, I make it my mission to show them a good time. You know, um, yeah. Adam Sachs, uh, when he was out um, for, you know, for the, from Savoy, he was, he was out for the Gnome Australia thing. He chose Perth. I was amazed. And I was like, awesome, man. Thank, that's really cool. And I made sure he had a really good time. And, and I think talking to him afterwards, he, had a, he was really surprised at the good mm. things he, um, you know, that was out here. You know, and, and it also helps that it's, Perth is a very beautiful city as well. Very beautiful, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can take someone to Ilito, um, take them to the Cottage Logo to Ilito. Mm. There's just all these. Also, beaches. just yeah, I mean, the beach here. What I think is fascinating is that mm. you know, like a Sydney yeah. beach is a cove, whereas yeah. the Perth beach is the fucking edge of the country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yo, it's crazy. It's, uh, have you guys all gone for a swim yet? Have you gone for a swim yet? This oh season? yeah, yeah. yeah. I refuse. It's look cold, at this but bearded, no. long-haired man. Of course, he's <laughs> dipped in that ocean. But you know, you know, November the water's still cold, but I refuse to not be swimming in Same. November. Same. Like, you know, yeah. You yeah. feel incredible. Like that's, that's, me, that's like properties. me with shorts in the club after September. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, open invite. Anyone comes to Perth, reach out. We'll show you a good time. You know, go hit hit Ash up. You know, uh, underscore Aslan. That's him on yep. all social medias. Max Van Heisen, You know, and we want you to have a good time. I just think when people come in bad bad mouth Perth without sort of having experienced it, I just kind of think, oh, it's a shame. You know, you're you're just kind of letting letting an opportunity to have a really good time sort of pass you by. That's the thing. You know, it's uh, there's good drinking, there's good eating. I mean, think you know uh, the. James Connolly, he's a bar manager for the Long Chimps. He's a Perth boy, and he's kind of involved with the Sydney rollout, the Melbourne rollout. Um, and there's lots of people here that just do, you know, good things. Good things. Cool. Well, look, that is uh, that. This is the end of me asking guests where to, where to eat in Perth because now we know. Um, so that means that well, at least they'll um, uh, they'll intentional. There'll be less intentional Perth humour <laughs> that I know going into it. There will be. So at the very least, you've got that. Um, but there's been another controversial subject that we've been talking about every week, and uh, that is something that we're going to address uh, firsthand very soon, and that's uh, the topic of craft beer. Ooh. What are your thoughts? What's the Perth? What's Perth's thoughts on the craft I pl- beer? I played at a craft beer festival last night, and um, one of the one of the beer flavors was watermelon sour watermelon oh, so, warhead. So we lo- oh okay, was and it, it was amazing. Was it, was it was sour, really we're great. okay with sour beers. <laughs> okay, yeah, like but it was based on the candy, a warhead candy. It was meant to be the watermelon so flavor. The the what we've kind of established uh, after talking to way too many people about this same stupid question which is <laughs> not that we like you know again it's the easy target it's so easy to make fun of the craft beer scene because it's about it's like poking bears but yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know it, we, basically it's, it's, it's about us trying to put a label on things and craft beer being so broad that it represents things that are shit and things that are good and yeah. to only focus on the shit thing like when you make a joke about poor old Perth is to write, write <laughs> off something that's actually good yeah 
Is there any? Uh, what, do you, you're a beer drinker over here. Yeah, I'm a beer drinker. You know, I, I do appreciate a because um, I fucking love emu. <laughs> yeah. Ex- uh, um, Although you were telling ex- me that it's not as good as it used to be. No, I don't think it is. It's still good. I mean, export is a delicious beer if you get it really cold. In terms of like mm. direct direct refreshment that hits you like right in the back of your brain. Yep. Yeah. You know, I was in Adelaide last night. I drank six cans of West End in about 45 minutes oh, while cool, I was DJing. Cool. It was sick. Such a vibe. Ash will know that when you DJ, you don't actually get affected by alcohol until you stop. DJ. Mm-hmm. It's right. very cool oh. and magic. It's true, yeah. yeah. But yeah, then when you stop, that. oh my god! <laughs> but you've been pro emu for a long time before it was a cool thing. Before it had this kind of hip. I just like I love. I just you love loved cans it for so long. I yeah. love cans of beer. Cans and Max beer. was talking about how good it is cold, but it's also one of the only beers you can drink at room temperature. I disagree. In the bush, everything I said about Perth, that. I take back. I, I honestly, yeah, I'm like that's, room temperature that's export. Thing. Follow Ash on on Instagram if you want to uh, come over here, sit in the bush, and drink warm <laughs> emus. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ex- yeah, exported. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit fan is, of bitters is my favorite one of those. Emu bitters, yeah. Very good. yeah the, well, the guy in the front. Uh, funny story. The guy in the front there. Um, that, his name's Ken Oath, right? But his um, <laughs> actually. Well, that's the marketing guy. But it's actually Ken Aerosmith, who's the brewer now at Northbridge uh, Brewing Company. But I think it's awesome. You have Ken Oath. That's outstanding. That that's is good. So very, it's really good. Yeah, very <laughs> perfect. Yeah, yeah. Strong. What was the one that's going to say? Uh, <laughs> the most perfect thing I've ever seen was a um, was a, gr- a green car. Um, and it had a Sulo sticker on the back, and I don't know if you do. You, do you guys have Sulo bins in your part of the world? No, is it sorry? Sulo bins. They're like oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's car the exact shade of Sulo as this, as a, as the bins you put out on a Thursday night to get picked up by the council, and it had a Sulo sticker on the side. That was the the best thing ever. That and the Emu Export cart uh, car that got painted. Yeah, outstanding. But I'm oh, sorry. Back. We, I digress. Uh, craft beer. It's your. I appreciate your know, craft. Uh, I appreciate beer and all its deliciousness. You know, it's a. Uh, it's like anything. If you're a, a craft beer nerd, if you're a cocktail nerd, if you're a wine nerd, if you're a coffee geek, you know you just have to know when to rain, when to re- reel that in. You know? Yeah. It's, the, the, uh, but the, the thing is, yeah. I think the reason, another reason that we keep um, we keep making fun of craft beer is because I feel like the there is no pricklier scene like that that get that, that allows oh. their cage to be so rattled <laughs> than, than the beer nerd yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, so. True. Unfortunately, you bring it on yourselves, guys. I apologize. <laughs> the question I asked me: If you had to be choose to be stuck with one person in an island, would it be a, a wine geek, a beer nerd, a cocktail person, or a coffee? Uh, sure. you, know, you know, if you had to choose one person, who would it be, and, and why? Or if you had to choose one a person, food guy, can I, ch- can I choose someone in particular? Because <laughs> like Mike Benny to me is like a, an enigma wrapped in a mystery, like yeah. wrapped in a, a awesome. pair of six dollar tracksuit pants. So I would I would love to be stuck in an island with him and yeah. learn yeah. everything about him. So would I. Yeah, we had. That, yeah, we had so that. I'll take wine, wine guy. Yeah, oh, Mike Benny, great. We we had our yeah. handsome uh, boy bartending school pop up at Liberté uh, actually five days ago. It was oh. outstanding. And you, um, Amy, are also the second guest after Mike Benny we had that was um, a, an attendee of the what's the name of that ridiculously named truffle. Truffle Kerfuffle. Truffle Kerfuffle. <laughs> yeah, that's where I met Mike. He made me... I met him at the Management Hotel with Max. Max and I went along at this after party and... So um, throw off three Truffle Kerfuffles. Yeah, yeah. and um, Mike made me an RSL daiquiri, which was choice. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. awesome, yeah. RSL. What else was to happen that night? We just had... Uh, uh, there was a lot of just like... We shaved truffles over palmies. Yeah. We ordered some palmies. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Had some... Ex- Big vibe. There was lots of export was drunk. We'll show you the mm. photos. Great. There was a, a significant amount of export was drunk that yeah. night. Perfect. Good, yeah. good work. Yeah, um, yeah. Just finally on the wine scene, I, uh, I uh, had some uh, food and drink at uh, Embla in Melbourne the other night. Yep, excellent and, place. And uh, one of the bartenders there, the front of house, um, is from Perth originally. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's and right. Uh, he was saying that for drinking wine in Perth, 
you find rarer things for considerably cheaper than you would elsewhere because no one knows yep. how much good stuff is here. So, yeah. Which is a great analogy for Perth in general. Yes, yeah. diamonds <laughs> in the rough. <laughs> Hope you've been saving to use that up for no, now. No, no, no. <laughs> just but then. I'm just saying, is that true? Like, is there is there a lot of crazy yeah. good wine over here that people don't necessarily yeah. know about I, I can't, I on the cheap? So there's one of the things that Rockpool people tell me is if you engage with the it guys Sounds like there. people that live in Rockpool. Yeah. <laughs> the Rockpool people. One of the fraggle Rockpool people tell me. But <laughs> the, uh, the Rockpool people say, like, it's, well, like a lot of places, if you, if you just want to order commodity stuff, you know, that's where places can make their margin. But if you engage with your sommelier, if you ask them questions and sort of show your interest in stuff, you, can, you will drink very, very well. Um, without having to drop a bomb. And I think that's probably the same with Liberté, you know? Well, I mean, I, I would... I mean, I can only talk about what I, you know, I experience. And, like, say, in the Great Southern, there is just, like, so many, like, kick-ass winemakers down there doing some really good things. And, like, you can just drink the best stuff down there. And it is just so undervalued, in my opinion, you know? Yeah, but- so... Yeah, no, there's people, you know, people like Jeremy Proust at Lala Rook, you know, they're importing some interesting things. There's just really, you know, you're going to find some grail stuff. And I know what it's like in Sydney, it all gets snapped up because everyone's looking for, you know, those, those rare Roger and Sue wines, you know, those yeah. uh, rare uh, Pinard, just really hard to find things. And everyone's chasing them. But in Perth, you know, people aren't really looking for that. But, you know, I think our very good sommeliers here are just as onto it as, you know, we kind of know we have to go over east to, for tastings. You know, there'll be lots of WA people who make the, the trek over for rootstock every year because they know they'll be exposed to great wines. We have to give a shout out to Sam Jorgensen. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, Sam, and, uh, thanks for dropping off those Stacey wines. Stacey from uh, Old Mate Wine, who, who dropped off a few bottles of wine. Yes. Uh, Perth winemakers that are going to make the trek over to rootstock yeah. uh, week after, next week? It's next, uh, no, shit. two weeks. It's two weeks. It's next, next week. All right, and then, cool. um, yeah, but I'm, I'm heading over. I'll see you. I'm volunteering. So Excellent. Uh, well, we're going to be recording another Drunken Rootstock uh, adventure <laughs> podcast in which we just kind of t- w- walk around with our recording setup and just kind of shove mics in different people's faces uh, and it's almost listenable <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's one thing you know, would you guys agree that the, that tyranny of distance like Perth we've always been isolated you know, we kind of mm. know that we're, you know, we're closer to Asia really uh, mm. than most sort of Australian capitals and I think that isolation has kind of bred this yeah, people have sort of said frontier spirit in a negative way, but it's kind of in a good way. You kind yeah. of just have to figure it out. You know? yeah, I, I can fly to Auckland twice in the time it takes to yeah, fly from right? Perth to Sydney. It's cheaper for us to go to Bali than to Sydney. Oh, yeah. Yeah. believe uh, me, yeah. everyone knows that about yeah. Perth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's it. And I think that, that spirit of kind of just being on your own, you sort of figure it out for yourself, I think. We're kind of doing... Oh, you form a sort of, unique identity. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, we've... The internet's obviously made things a little bit um, easier nowadays, but back in the day, I think people in Perth, we sort of figured things out ourselves, you know, we just had to, you know, and I'm saying you, know, you make your own mistakes, obviously, but at the same time, um, I think you, that sort of, you know, not being given answers just creates this really interesting identity, and I think that's sort of that, that we're seeing, we're reaping the rewards of that now, you know, um, you also said music-wise, you know, we had some people like, you know, I mean, Pendulum came from Perth, you know, and there's so many great bands that have mm. come from Perth. And mm. Came in parlour. Yeah, Tame and Parley, yeah. exactly right. These guys who uh, used to just you know, practice underneath the in the basement of the um, Norfolk Hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just all these, and that's I think that's the that product of that isolation, that figure out for yourselves. That's something that we've got in WA, um, and it's it's something that works for us. Have you have you read Nick Albrook's essay on this? Topic? God, such Incredible. a mic drop, such yeah. a mic drop. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, uh, so everyone Google that Nick Albrook Perth essay. Yeah, what um, was it? I'll put, it on, I'll put it on the mission page. Put it yeah, on the mission page. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that was but yeah, that really nails what Max is talking about and, and how we all feel, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thank you so much to uh, my three guests today. Amy Hamilton, where can we find you online? Um, the business page is oh, Insta, Liberté at the London 
And then my own one is Amy. I think it's like double underscore Hamilton. Okay, easy. Awesome. Yeah. And of course, you can find Amy cooking and, uh, and greeting people. Always. At, uh, at Liberté in Albany. Um, Max, where can we find you? Um, broadsheet, gourmet traveller, Western yeah. Australia editor for both of those things. Yeah, uh, yeah. all those things. You know, I most of them writing there. Do some stuff for SBS and Qantas as well. Um, uh, Max Feinheisen, V E N H U Y Z E N. Just on all the social medias, you can yeah ignore me there on those channels. <laughs> And uh, finally, Ash, DJ Aslan. Yeah, you can catch me uh, Monday nights, RTR FM, 10 p.m. I'm on this week. Um, the the uh, dumbest raps and thirstiest R&B, basically. Um, uh, yeah. I love seeing Ash's videos of him dancing, man. He looks like he's had the fattest time. I am. He's, no, like, I'm, yeah. I'm playing music that I love. And, yeah. um, the, the speakers are really good in the studio, too. So oh, it's a no, but just but on, the, on the boat, man. I, I'm, on I try, the boat. I try okay, and watch yeah. your moves and try and get down and, and replicate them, but I just, <laughs> can't. I just I haven't got the... I you can see uh, Ash's moves on his Instagram page, which is <laughs> at underscore Aslan. Correct, yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, check out the Munchies video. For fuck that's delicious. Yeah, it's, uh, with it's on Bronson. YouTube. I think you, it's uh, the other city by the sea. If you look that up, you should. Is that the episode? It. Yep. Highly recommended viewing. Thank you so much again. Uh, you can find the Mitchin online, facebook.com slash the Mitchin, or send us an email if you are angry about something I've said in the past. And look, I'll fly all the way to where you live, and uh, you can you can you know make a case for whatever thing you are mad about. Good times. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for having us. It's been awesome. Democracy, everybody. Um, yeah, man. Send us an email, themitchinpodcast at gmail.com and follow me online at levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Thanks so much and see you next week at The Mitchin. It's The Mitchin Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 